Can't get enough of BTS? Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to show us support as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon of Delight, for K-drama deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes every Wednesday. All right. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. Hello. So we are recording in a kind of different way today. Uh, we have four of us here in person, and then we have Megan piped in hot over across the state of California, coming in hot from the walk-in closet of Fresno, California. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest walk-in closet in all of I'm like, can we just convert our office into a closet so I can make this my actual like office studio? That would be great. <laughs> yeah. So the reason Megan's in her closet is not because she cosplays at Harry Potter. It's because it has good acoustics and it's quiet. So she can go in there and shut the door and make the magic happen. <laughs> so what's exciting is this week was uh, August D in Oakland and so many people flew out, including the folks sitting around the table with me, Leah, here in Santa Cruz. So why don't we just go around and say your name and a hello, because I know there were some hellos at the beginning, but it didn't really show who's here. Hello, it's Allison. I flew in from Nebraska. Uh, hi, it's Lexi. I flew in from Canada. <laughs> hi, it's Tanya. I flew in from Kansas City. Yay. So we... Let's set the stage with, so we did two nights and the first night uh, we had a suite in the Oakland arena and you can catch a fun podcast that I did with a friend, Becky, who actually was able to secure the suite for us, where we talked to the suite manager, Brian, just kind of about like how suites work and concerts go. So you can check out that podcast. Um, but that was the first night and we had 16, no, 14 people, 14, 14 mm -hmm. people come. So thoughts on the first night, kind of like, what were you expecting and what was the reality? I was expecting it to be relaxed and fun. And I, I felt like it really was. It was just an easy concert experience because everything was so luxurious. And we got to meet some uh, new friends that we've been talking to for a long time. And everybody was just in a great mood and it was a great view. And the show was incredible. So it was just everything I hoped it would be. We had our own bathroom. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. I liked the uh, tailgating. Like we mm -hmm. got, you know, VIP parking, which was a life changer. And um, just meeting other army and chatting with each other and before going into the venue was pretty amazing. It was like a festival in the yeah. parking lot. It was amazing. It was my first time going to any live BTS related events, like with actual real people, not in the theater. And the tailgating was amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew that ARMY would be great and present and colorful and interesting, but it just 
completely exceeded my expectations. I was so impressed by everybody being so kind and so happy and excited. It was great. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we got to see K-pop granny. I was just going to say that. Yeah. That like. We fangirled. We totally fangirled over her. Fangirling over K-pop granny was probably my favorite. <laughs> we got so excited and ran over towards her and she was trying to get out of the car. <laughs> she was, she's a cool cat. Yeah. So she, for those of you who cool don't guy. know, do, who wants to explain, Megan, do you want to explain quickly who K-pop granny is? Because there'll yeah. be some listeners who are like, you Let saw find... a K-pop granny? I don't understand. <laughs> Let me find her actual. Um, her actual handle, handle. is Bay Area K-pop granny. Yes. Bay, so Bay Area K-pop granny. Um, I found her after Permission to Dance Las Vegas. She actually went to all four shows, I believe. Um, but she is a staple of ARMY in the Bay Area. She goes to like every cup sleeve, every like fan event, like the whole thing. Um, she did mention or when I, I was talking to her and telling her how much I enjoyed her account. And she did say that her um, granddaughter, I believe, is the one that runs the account, um, but that she is going to all the events and stuff. And she was handing out freebies. She handed out the cutest little bracelets. Um, and she just amazing she's has to be I mean I don't know her exact age um and also like Korean women um age differently so I'm just spitballing here but I believe she's probably like in her 70s and she still is like my bias is Taehyung I'm here for sugar I'm having a great time I can't wait to like have my army bomb and like goals you guys like she oh. is goals <laughs> for me for sure so I went to give her one of our freebies Megan and I, Megan from Afternoon, which is a whole different situation, me and Megan together, but we <laughs> went to go give them freebies. And when I realized who she was, I absolutely lost it. And Megan was like, are you okay? And I was like, you don't understand. Like, I have to find Tanya. I have to find Allison. Like, they have to know that she's here. So it was, I'm sure we overwhelmed her, um, but she was very nice about it. So um you know you're deep in the fandom when you're fangirling over other fangirls. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So for Tanya, sure. how about you for like the concert? What was like, you know, everyone else got to do some sharing. For me? Oh, sorry, Megan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, were we talking about night one or night two? Night one. Um, night one was so much fun. I dressed up um, as PTD Las Vegas Yungi with the... Um, like pinstripe overalls. And I wore a um, tangerine themed uh, beret. And the amount of army that were like, oh my gosh, like you're so cute. Can we get a picture? We saw you when we were driving in was so fun. Um, and the other thing I agree with the tailgating, the tailgating was so much fun, um, especially for, um, you know, army like Lexi that like hadn't gone to a show yet as like a real introduction to what the fandom is like. I mean, you can read all the things online, you know, good and bad about the fandom. But when you have an event like that, people really do come together. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun meeting other army and, you know, trading freebies. And I actually wasn't even giving them as freebie at, you know, it, it was like, I didn't need anything in return. So there was some army that were like, I don't have anything to give you. And I was like, you don't need to like, take it, have it. It's super fun. So um, that was really amazing. And the suite was beautiful. Um, the amount of labor that um, Becky and Leah and Tanya and everybody put in to like really secure that. I'm really grateful for that um, because it was so nice to be there. It was so nice to have, be surrounded by other army and other suites. Um, 
but it was just like so fun to just take pictures and be loud and like not have to worry that you're impeding like the view of someone behind you um or like screaming way too loud about things because we were all screaming way too loud about things so it was it was really fun and i do think it was hilarious that when brian came in and we started chanting brian brian he got so embarrassed it was great like <laughs> such a highlight for me <laughs> and i think the tailgating really was like an unexpected fun thing for me too and what it i think my take home is that sometimes when people are like i don't understand like army and the fandom and the experience, I do think there are really good analogies to sports ball. Yeah. And like, you know, so just trying to be like, you've got fan chance, you've got uniform, like, you know, you've got outfits, you've got all sorts of things. And then I've never been a sports ball person, nor have I tailgated before. And I was like, army life is set up for tailgating. It was like, <laughs> so perfect and so shout out to we are not sponsored by trader joe's but shout out to <laughs> trader joe's for their spicy cans of margaritas <laughs> ten dollars for like these growler sized cylinders of like spicy margaritas and yeah. it was yeah i think that that was like a really funny like extra parallel too to be like oh here's like another connection that you can try to give to civilians if you yeah. choose to, I mean, I don't think we ever need to justify ourselves, but if we're trying to like help contextualize it for someone who doesn't get it. Yeah. Sure. Any outfits that struck you on day one that like really you saw anyone in that like you want to give a shout out to? I, I loved, I saw a few different pairs of, of friends wearing um, soap matching orange track suits with the foggy market uh, on the back. But I, I just saw a lot of great, Dechwita inspired um, satin robes that people were wearing. And also, but I think my top one was the, uh, the supreme uh, kind of boxing robe from UGG was my yeah. favorite. Somebody who had a, had a proper one that they were wearing. It looked fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. I like They're the people who made seesaw sweaters. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. People who, yeah, hand knit seesaw sweaters and I mean, give me the Etsy store because I will buy one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I liked all the that that yungis because that that yungi is like my favorite yungi. And one, I took a picture with one. I haven't put it up on our socials yet, but she is Chu Crew, and I will tag her when I post the picture. But I was like, "Can I get your picture?" And she's like, "Can we take it together?" Because I like your outfit too. And I was like, "Oh, of course!" So that was super fun. But yeah, like. Um, there were so many variations of that, that, and I loved it. I loved every single one because some were really casual and just kind of a nod to it. And then some were like all the way with like all the like enamel pins and the hat and the leopard print. And so it was like really cool. And also shout out, I wore uh, the ubiquitous furry hat that <laughs> yes, shout out to you. Enough of. Yeah, I went KBS uh, music <laughs> show, Kingy, but there were a lot of uh, animal print furry hats. And so I felt like I was, um, you know, we were like a little pack. <laughs> I think what's so fun about that is that like, you might think this is over the top. Like I was like, I got this tangerine beret. It's probably super over the top. And then I got there and I was not the only one with some type of variation of a tangerine hat. And so it just like, is like, even when you think it's too much, it's not, <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> So the first night we had an experience of being like, we were just above the 100 loop. So we could really kind of see most of the stage, most of the time. And so thoughts on just how the production 
was of the event. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like the way he coordinated the stage, um, the production that way. It looks very simple. When you get there, you walk out, there's a screen and there's like um, panels of a stage set up and there is space between. I don't think we realized that until later, but there's actually like space between the panels. Um, and so it just looks very simple. And what they do with this very simple setup um, is really amazing. I've seen other sets that are just so much more over the top. Um, and it it seems so simple, but he like really does the most with it. And it's really impressive um, the way that it moves, the way that they do things, the way they set different things up. It just, I, I really love the way his mind works, how he came up with this concept and then knew that it was going to be that impactful. So it was, I just think it's very impressive. Something that I didn't quite put together, but I thought of at the show is, so the panels, as the show goes on, the panels lift up like piece by piece. So the stage, the actual stage he's on begins to shrink down, but they're all held by chains. And when he moves around the stage, he kind of seems to be like pretty reckless in his movement. Sometimes he has like big movements, lots of jumping, lots of like, kind of like dynamic energy. It's not strictly choreographed. And yet it has to be because there's chains everywhere coming down. And I don't think I quite realize that like, he's kind of in like, not a forest, like it's less dense than that. But I mean, like, I'm wondering if there were any like near misses with chains ever, especially when he has his head down, he's just kind of like jumping. Um, just because, yeah, like the, four points of every single uh, panel had a chain essentially coming down. Mm -hmm. uh, you add the fireballs too. <laughs> right. And the smoke. The smoke, the um, fireworks, like the small fireworks. It's pretty, um, it has to be coordinated like just for, for safety as much as possible, but he certainly made it look like it was pretty effortless. Mm -hmm. The other thing about the production that I think people who didn't go to the show will love to see eventually were the VCRs, the, the mm -hmm. video between when he was on break or changing. They were amazing. They did not make a lot of sense, <laughs> but they were beautiful to look at and they were all in the same theme of sort of the multiple Yungis and how they try to overcome each other or defeat each other. And it was, uh, it was really great to watch. Yeah, I feel like I'm left in a really interesting situation because, you know, shipping culture can be fraught in K-pop, but what do I do when I ship Yungi with other Yungis? <laughs> right. Because I feel like I'm left with that as a reality. I was like, even thinking about that as I thought, <laughs> I really ship like the chaser, like August D, who's hunting down the other Yungis. There's like a little book he has mm -hmm. of like the Yungis he's going for. And then there's like, you know. He kidnaps Yungis in van. Yeah. So you're, you're <laughs> saying, you know, Yungi run, but he's running from Yungi. Yeah. And look, I will try at some point to make sense of it. I, it's fun to do critical analysis, but it is, this one's a hard one for me. Like there is a lot there. Like I would need to be, have my hand held a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, it makes me think of the meme that came out a couple of weeks ago, like in the middle of his tour, even before that, I think about how, like when you're a great dancer, but it's like the ninth good thing you're good at. So like nobody pays attention. And I just feel like that really encapsulates him because he's also a really good actor, like a really good fucking actor. And those like 
VCRs in the middle were like a K drama. And it's like, well, where's part two? Um, and it's just him for the most part. I mean, there are some backup people. There are some like, you know, helping smuggle him in a, in a van or like, you know, he's walking somewhere else, but I just, I swear it's like the mind of a genius. Like they call it the genius lab. They call him a genius, but like really the way this was. And I, I was impressed with Jack in the box. I was impressed with Indigo. I'm equally as impressed with this. It's like, I, it's, it's like shipping, but like, how do you ship the same seven people against the same seven people? Right. Like you just keep like, it's just a cycle every time you're like, okay, well now the focus is on this one, but also on this one and also on this. So it's like, I don't even know. I just walking away from that. I'm like, his mind is like, I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. One thing, mind like a steel trap. <laughs> one thing that was really funny during the concert, um, the first night in the suite was I had Megan Erickson behind me, who is uh, my co-host over at Afternoon Delight. And I just kept hearing her yell during the videos, like, K-drama win, K-drama yeah. win. Because, like, <laughs> yes. And it made me laugh pretty hard because, yeah, I, if I could wave a magic wand, I, I don't want him in a K-drama. Well, I'd want take a gritty one. I really want to see him in like an old boy style, like maybe not it's so violent that Allison can't watch it. But <laughs> I mean, maybe she can just fast forward a lot of it. <laughs> I need him like, like I made that reel that morning when we got those pictures of him in front of like the bonfire. Like I just really need him to be the mob boss. Like I yeah, just I want need him to be a mob. The yeah. Tony Montana psyche. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. Oh, no, go ahead. It feels like he's creating almost like a BTS universe kind of narrative with the Hego music video and now mm-hmm. this. And I wonder whether it will continue into the future because it seems like a concept that he's developing. And the only other thing I thought of about the stage design was that I one thing I really loved about it, it was in addition to just all the innovative aspects of it, was that it felt like as the stage was being lifted up piece by piece, he was stripping away Mm-hmm. you know all of these different things that he's been struggling with and it just seemed like yet another metaphor for the healing process that the whole album is about and it's like yeah yeah and then at the end you know and then at the end what you're saying Tanya you know they strip everything 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 rises everything goes up um all those panels go up into the rafters which is really fascinating to watch too but then at the end he's on the ground floor he's level with everybody else and I just he's really feel there. like that's him yeah, like he just bared everything. And now this, now he is Min Yoongi or Min Yoongi as he's been going by on this tour. Um, and to me, that really resonated with me that he has basically stripped all these different pieces of him. You know, we can go through this set list where he does old, old and new, then he does some BTS throwback, then he does old and new, and then he comes out and he closes the show. Um, and when he closes the show, he is on the ground with us, you know, I mean, with us, which means like everybody that was, you know, at barricade or whatever, but with the crowd, you know, he's just stripped all the stage and then it's just him. And I just felt like that was, um, I don't know, really, to me, it seemed like what he's been trying to tell us the entire time with like, you know, D-Day, here I am. And now this part of me, I'm closing this chapter, but now here I am. And it's, he's the one that's left. It's really interesting to me. On a less deep note, but important, what are we thinking about the fact that we have been going with Yungi, Y-O-O-N-G-I, as like the Roman, like the Romanization of his name? And it looks like we're going to be making a pivot to Yungi, Y-U-N-K-I. 
Well, I think we're still pronouncing it the same way. Yes. I think it's just a different romanization. And Big Hit has always used Y-O-O-N-G-I, but he clearly prefers Y-U-N-K-I. And, you know, what he wants, he gets. So Exactly. Mm-hmm. Official change. Official change. Mm-hmm. I mean, he put it as the name he used and the video introducing that persona. So at that point I was like settled science. I'm, I'm all in. (laughs) I feel like it's like the word of the Lord. (laughs) That's what we're doing now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, All right. Well then let's go to, let's pivot to what happened after night one, because I think there's a story there to tell. So after night one, I want to get into kind of like the experience that went down from the hours of, I mean, roughly from when the show ended until the next show, like there was, there was a journey that did happen for some of us. (laughs) And so there was a group of us that did have floor seats for the second night. And that meant that because it was a GA show, um, we were going to have to line up early to get wristbands because how you go in is you go in through the, you you line up again and get a number wristband and that determines like the placement that you're allowed to enter the floor to like secure your spot. And originally we had said, maybe we would camp, like maybe we'd be open to that. We don't want to debate <laughs> army on this. Like this turned into a fraught topic in yes. the social medias of, you know, people really let's just talk about that for like a second. Cause I think it's interesting the amount of feelings people have because I don't have the same. Feeling. So people get, I noticed people felt very upset with folks camping at shows. Yes. Yeah. Apparently there's even abuse, like people walking by and saying things and. Yeah. Being... And there seemed to be a real sense of like, also like things I noticed, like Folks are going to be so stinky and you won't be able to handle it. And I was like, really? Did anyone think like maybe these people have thought about it? like I was like, I'm pretty sure not, they're not like rolling out like in their pajamas and heading to the show. Like, I think there's a strategy that's probably like, I feel like it was trusting the folks who made those decisions more or less to probably have made a plan. Because they had done it many, many times before. These so were, they, yeah. 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 These were people who have been to every show, grant general admission, like. Yeah. And I mean, like, I guess coming from like a position where I camp for fun, maybe I'm the only one here that can't, Megan, <laughs> Megan, do you camp sometimes? Never. Okay. I'm like Allison. I would so, rather I mean, not. <laughs> I camp for fun regularly and it's not that hard to like stay clean camping. You just have like things that you do to keep clean. And I'm, and most of these people just went back to hotels and like showered or had places to go to shower, but just I was like, just maybe people don't understand that like with camping, you can have all sorts of pharmaceutical tools to keep your body clean. And what I noticed more, what I read about it was vitriol about like the fairness of it. Mm -hmm. Like about how, you know, just because you don't have anything to do over the course of three days, um, doesn't mean that you should sort of monopolize access to to Yungi, but at the same time, like, well, maybe you should, like, I don't know, if you don't have anything to do, then. But then do you not have anything to do? Because I think there's some people that like had the ability to work remotely and were working Mm -hmm. remotely camping, like the not having anything to do, I pushed back on that too, just because 
Or is, is there an element of privilege that some people have? Yes. Or did some people just organize their life? Like, I guess it was just kind of like, there was, I'm not looking to police these people. No, but I think there was a level of insiderism because when we were, when we were getting closer to the front of the line, as we were moving, we found out about the book with the numbers of the tents and all this stuff, like there are established systems in place. And I think you sort of have to either know the line managers because there were army line managers to mm -hmm. understand how it works or um, really be a part of a group that's used to doing this kind of thing, which is, it's, it's fine. It's just given the area we were in and we can talk about that as well. Um, when they said no camping, I think they, they meant it. And um, you know, people aren't gonna follow rules and it makes everybody else break them too. That's the people camping made us go earlier. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say as someone who didn't camp because um, I know myself and like my own health things and you know, knowing what I know now, I should have camped because um, I would have been able to see just fine. But I going into the whole thing knew that like GA wasn't for me. Um, and so I always like, sometimes my takeaway is how can I be jealous of campers if I already know what I have to do for my own self going into it? Do you know what I mean? So like, I would never think of buying a GA ticket and then like go out and be mad that someone's camping because that's not my story. Do you know what I mean? So I would just take the GA and go stand in the back or however that worked out. So like, that's kind of, I don't know, it goes back to like, you kind of know what you're getting into and for the fandom of this size and for the fact that this is this might be the only live music we get from a member for a while i mean i already knew going into it was going to be an event is going to be a big event so that's just my two cents yeah and I, go ahead i think there's a sharp contrast to the tailgating where everybody was like there for each other giving out things versus then the turnaround the next day where it's fighting over who was in line and people trying to merge from like the merch line to the general admission line or whatever was happening there it's just like you get to see both sides of army fandom I think when we were on when we were actually on the floor too it sort of reverted back to that really nice yes. experience like that was that was much more yeah. pleasant I think well yeah and we'll get there I think that like for the line though I think like the TLDR is that I think lines are stressful in general, I guess is how I feel. And so camping made it like knowing people were getting there like days ahead felt like there was like a low key stress that would happen being like, oh man, like this is serious. And now I feel just like extra pressure. But if they were like, come line up at 6.30 in the morning, we're not gonna let anyone camp and like run for it. Like that felt horrible too. Like yeah. I, like none of it was going to feel good. So I guess that's why I don't feel too worried. With they how shouldn't do GA. That's basically like, if they don't want to avoid these problems, then you they have can't to have chairs. That's, right. that's all it is. You have to have assigned seating. Yeah. And I'm surprised, honestly, not like security was great, but I'm surprised after the crush and Halloween there that we're even pursuing GA concerts on the floor, honestly, for K-pop mm -hmm. acts. Yeah. I think it was just that the number wasn't so big. Like it wasn't such a number that was going to feel, I don't think we're going to see GA in stadiums, Stadium. but I think for the yeah. arenas, the space can bear the crowd. And there was room to move and people weren't crushing, but mm -hmm. you never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's just talk about like, so going into it, I think the stress I had for the line was 
first and foremost, how are we going to use a bathroom? <laughs> that really, that, that was, was everybody's that was really a concern. And yeah. if you yourself have wondered this, don't worry. I will normalize the thought process that went into this deeply for you. Um, so what we decided to do was not to can't, we, 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 we settled on a middle ground, which was we decided to go early, but we decided not to camp. We decided we should have some sleep. And so we had a hotel about a mile away. We went back and we slept three hours. Mm -hmm. If you were Tanya, you were jacked up and didn't sleep. So yeah, I had, yeah, I hadn't been feeling well the week before. And so I thought I'd be all up for it. And my body was like, no, (laughs) but it worked out. Thanks to you all. Um, And so, yeah, so we got up at three, we, I want to talk quickly about the Uber, right? Because that was, that could like, there were things, it went smoothly. It It almost didn't. And here, and I want to talk, this is some of the safety issues, I think too, is that this area of Oakland does have a high unhoused population. And by that, it means that there's like a lot of street living and like kind of fairly permanent encampments, I would say. And some, a lot of those areas ring the stadium and the, or the arena, and then the Oakland Coliseum is next to it, which is a big baseball stadium where the um, Oakland A's play. And so our Uber driver picked us up, was, you know, a little silent, but deadly, like didn't have a lot of chit chat. And as we headed over to the location, we started to pass like, you know, what we saw is like, you know, a lot of campers, a lot of just kind of um, encampments. And the person was like, this is where we're going to stop. Under a bridge. Well, Under a bridge. <laughs> that in, fairness, in fairness to them, that was the address we entered. Like well, that we just, was yeah, so we, we gave the arena as the address. And mm-hmm. so that's where they took us. Mm-hmm. And what we were ideally hoping for was to move up maybe like a block and a half to where the correct, where the line, where was. the line was going to be. And in fairness to us, also, the person was going to have to drive that no matter mm-hmm. what, because that was the only way to keep going forward for them to go onto like whatever they needed to do next for their ride. So we had like a little bit of an uncomfortable like conversation where they were like, here we are. And we looked out the window and we're like, doesn't feel awesome. And we negotiated, Becky, I think, negotiated please pull forward. Like just go forward like another like 40 seconds more. Like, please. Well, I said just if you could go to 66, yeah. you're at 71st and, and they said, okay. Yeah, so we did. Yeah. So we got out and we walked to our spot. Very quickly. We did walk you, quickly. We did a Yungi airport power walk down there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a brisk walk. And we got into line and, you know, we were not at the front of the line, but we I felt like- We were happy with where we were. Yeah. Does anyone want to describe like where we settled in for the next seven hours? It was a cozy um, location <laughs> next to some train tracks. So behind us was the waterway. There was like a, a, a murky ditch. A murky ditch <laughs> filled with, with trash. and garbage. Maybe a body. And three burned out cars. Mm-hmm. Some burnt out, some legit burnt out abandoned cars. Um, we were next to a steel factory. So, and a like chop lot essentially for cars. Mm -hmm. So, and for me, you know, the, the safety thing isn't just, I mean, not that I was implying that, but it's just not, there's not access to things around there. There was a gas station with no bathroom. 
around. And the other thing about camping is if they say no camping, they're not going to set up provisions for camping. So there mm -hmm. were no porta potties, there was no access to water. The police drove by once, mm -hmm. I think, the whole time we were there that I saw. We I mean, they're pretty busy. And I don't want to get into like Oakland no, no. police anyway, but yeah. No, I'm not suggesting they should have, you know, serviced us directly by protecting the, the ladies on the sidewalk. But you know, they're just, it's just not set up for camping. It's not a good place. Like there were train tracks, very active train tracks with trains going by frequently, a lot of broken glass. A lot of broken glass. Um, the sidewalk itself was about 12 inches. The sidewalk wide. was very narrow. So it's just not, and I'm not asking for, you know, a suite. It's just, you have to be aware when you decide to do these things that um, you are not most likely going to be in the best environment there's safety in numbers like it was great that everybody was there and everybody was looking after each other and our part mm -hmm. of the line it was good everybody was very friendly um but yeah it was just not um an ideal location but we did bring things to make it better if we yeah. want to have a success story so we had snacks snacks are important yeah we had salty snacks mostly because we didn't want to have to pee and that became part of our strategy but if we did have to pee I want to give a shout out to a very important member of our team, and that is Allison, because <laughs> Allison had a very important job, which was bearing the beauty bucket, as we <laughs> called it. <laughs> it's important. So in the beauty bucket was beauty items such as rose face mist. Yeah, we weren't going to. Paper towels, some deodorant, wipes, spray? deodorant spray, hand sanitizer, and a box cutter. <laughs> <laughs> for safety <laughs> we did Allison did at one point start looking for the box cut right we were sitting there and Allison was just like I'm just gonna double check where it is and sort of pulled it out we found it. it Becky was gonna run to the gas station so I wanted to give her the option of the box <laughs> thanks someone and so we had a strategy we we had a strategy that we did run to ground as well before we went we had a beach chair. This was the order. We didn't bring the box cutter originally for safety. It was a youthful, I do not regret it, but it was originally going to have a more practical purpose, which was very practical. We were going to bring a chair. We could cut a hole in the box cutter. <laughs> we could use the box cutter, cut a hole. We had the beauty bucket could go underneath and form a makeshift toilet. And then of course you're thinking that it's not used a beach chair toilet bucket in public. <laughs> and we're like, of course you wouldn't, you would need privacy. And so then we bring the, <laughs> a sheet. Okay. The amount, I, I just need everyone listening to understand the amount of time we spent <laughs> creating and discussing the makeshift toilet because we started at dinner yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was about 930 at night when we had decided we're just going to take all the things. We're just going to pack it all and decide when we get there how. But we had determined that if you covered yourself, you did what we call it, like the ghost chair. Yeah, the ghost. <laughs> yeah, the ghost. That was the mod. That was the method that would work the best. Yes. If you covered yourself with a sheet while you were sitting in the chair with a bucket under that was the best way if needed so and yeah, if you're concerned like how would you disinfect the beauty bucket oh we had <laughs> disinfectant as well we had a system don't worry 
And I had identified that like, you know, given the area, there was probably a place to empty it. It did also feel like once we saw pictures of the line, we did have concerns that none of us probably would want to use the beauty bucket there. <laughs> well, what did it actually, what did it, if we're being honest, what did it was the, when we realized how narrow the sidewalk was because the chair would literally take up like also, a full piece of the sidewalk. What we, when we got there, we realized we were missing an important element <laughs> of the toilet. Which was the chair. We did forget <laughs> the chair completely. So it was just the bucket. <laughs> and just because at home, if you're also being grossed out, we did identify that like, if the beauty bucket had to get used, we had, you know, beauty products as well. And people might want to not want to put the beauty products back in the beauty bucket, <laughs> even if it was disinfected. The group felt like that didn't feel good. It didn't feel right. So we did bring a garbage bag to then line the beauty bucket after that the products could go into. I just really want us to stress the civilization of it. Luckily, luckily, no one had to use the beauty bucket as recourse. Like it, it was fine. We dehydrated ourselves to the point where I was feeling quite unwell at the beginning of the concert. Uh, but I, you know, I recovered um, with the help of Minyungi, but it was, uh, yeah, we didn't have to to resort to that, luckily. In the I, just, end. I did want to I, talk about it because I've always wondered how do people do it? Okay, but like, I just have to say, Leo, when you said I need to stress that like some people were concerned about like what we're going to use the beauty bucket for and then the beauty products going back in. It was specifically Allison and I because when we were, like, everyone's talking and I looked over at Allison and we both just like, our eyes said it all. Like we were both like, wait, what? You're going to put all that stuff back in that bucket? It was just hilarious. Like, I can't. We had to run it to ground. This, so we tried it and did two of us practice what it would be to use the beauty bucket? Not, not actually. Did we pee in the bucket? No. Did we do a simulation of that? <laughs> Pants came down. <laughs> if any of you listening are not over 40, you're probably grossed out, but I'm, anybody, any female who is over 40 understands why this is. Like, and I didn't want my first time like thought exercise. I didn't want to get there and be like, I made assumptions and I'm now realizing that like my hypothesis is incorrect and I have no pants on and I'm in Oakland next to a train track. Like I did want to try it beforehand. So this is, I think this will continue to be a rich topic of conversation, you know, moving forward. It really felt like a separate experience in and of itself. It felt yes. like we were just sort of in an episode of Law and Order Oakland. <laughs> We're the people who find the body and, but we never did. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And then the TLDR is the line started to move around nine. We got wristbands. I'm still wearing, I don't think I'm going to take mine off. Um, I, mine is 438 and I was at the end of our group. So we, I was 434. And so what that did is there were waves. So I didn't know this either, but like, basically they let in zero to 200 first. They got to get their positions. Then there was going to be. 200 to 400 let in they got their positions and then we were in that third wave basically you line up to get your so basically we were in a line to then get into a line where we had a better placement we waited in that line for a few more hours we got our wristbands then we went home and some people slept some people just laid there <laughs> we all showered quickly <laughs> and then we got back at three 
30 mm-hmm. to line up again. So 12 hours after the initial like yeah. getting down there. Yeah. yeah. We got back to getting another line where we lined up in order of our wristbands. And then we were let into the floor of the arena where it's GA. So you're going to stand. And so we were let in at about five, five thirty. I would say it was almost, it was quarter to six. I think by the time we got in. Okay. Soundcheck was at six. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about soundcheck for a second, but basically then you're standing until mm-hmm. 10 something until the end of the show. So, I mean, I kind of said, I kind of want to like stress that too. And so there is a lot of standing. However, like the other problem is that like, when you look at the one hundreds, like the lower one hundreds, and at least in Oakland arena are like, you're right there. These people could just come in at the right time. They had a seat the whole time, but those seats all got affected by dynamic pricing. They were paying like $1,100, I think. Yeah. Conservatively yeah. for those seats. Those were at least a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not every, I mean, the dynamic pricing did kick in quickly. So some people might've gotten like the face value, but for the most part, those tickets got very expensive, very quickly. And so that's also just something to like bear in mind too. And then, um, yeah, we'll just talk like pretty quickly about the floor experience and then pivot to like the view from, um, like Megan and like the experience you had, cause you had a lot of fun too, cause we were in like two separate waves. So, um, Any other talks about like first, like wrapping up like the discomfort versus comfort of the floor was you're packed in, you don't move a lot, but it immediately went away. Like it all felt very much worth it. Oh yeah. The same thing happened to me at the Rose because I camped for about 12 hours for the Rose. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to do this again. I mean, it was so fun to be with other people, but just in terms of the physical discomfort. But then the minute the show starts, you're like, I'm totally doing this again. When can I sign up? (laughs) So we had strategized. We wanted to be not at the very front, but kind of towards the front, because even though the panels were going to move, we could look back then and see him as he moved back and we could see like his face. And so we went to, if you're facing the stage, we went to stage right and we ended up being the fourth row back. So with all the work we did, that's what we got for that was essentially to be. And I think the people at barricade in front of us had, were like number 17. Somebody yeah. said oh, that wow. they were like, wow. Um, so thoughts on sound check. It was very, it was a very different experience than the suite. It was, you know, the whole, not the whole time I was in the suite, but I, it was great and the view was great, but I just wanted to be closer. I wanted to, to see face. (laughs) Yeah. And then I did. And it was, um, very, um, life affirming. Yes. (laughs) Just to see people are, um, real and small and manageable in a way too. It's, it's, I don't know. It was very interesting. Mm -hmm. He sort of, um, comes out, doesn't really look at anybody. Um, he's in like chill mode for for sound check he's not performing really although we did hear when we were in line like when we were penned in the hallways before we came into the um the arena itself we could hear real sound check going on yes essentially this is like the fake sound check that you do essentially to reward the folks who are on the floor like to make it seem like they got something it's your vip experience yes (laughs) Yeah. yeah 
And, um, you know, there was a little bit of mic adjustment, a little bit of in-ear adjustment, but it was really sort of just a little prance around the, the stage and, uh, but with like the house lights on. So it's a different, um, it's a different experience than, than the actual performance. Thoughts on the eye contact. Fleeting glances around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a fun, like, it's interesting to see their personalities hold to me mm-hmm. like because I was expecting very little audience direct engagement like he's aware and he's like addressing folks like thank you but the glances to the audience were micro at best which is what I was expecting like he didn't feel like a member that was going to be like holding heavy eye contact like mm-hmm. I'm doing with Allison right now mm-hmm. and kind of performing individually to people and looking to make like very specific connections no like people were not going to get a YN moment there. No, no. and I, which I is sick. That's on purpose, right? Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm a sugar bias. I right. like it. Like you're there yeah. for that experience. Right. But then when you do get that little flick, then like as he goes past, mm-hmm. you you feel it. Like yeah. You, yeah. No, the tiny moments of him. He's like that for me. Yeah. There's a lot of like little subtle things he does that like feel big because they're like short little bursts and then you're like oh it's cute that he does yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah whenever he does something you know he's doing it because he wants to do it and he means it yeah that makes it good but yeah he didn't have like a big meant to do he basically mm-hmm. went out did three songs was like thank you i'm out see you soon mm-hmm. see you soon i think seeing him up close like that really humanized him yeah for me yeah based on leading off of what lexi was talking about this is the first time i've ever done soundcheck for any of the the bts members and uh, ever been that close to any of them and yeah it was it was good I think uh, the way it humanized them because it kind of um, pops the the idol thing a little bit um, and makes it possible I think to to just be reminded that they are a person that deserves to be respected and um, you know just just takes away some of the delulu <laughs> which is good yeah. which mm-hmm. is helpful and I do want to just say he has a great head of hair. Oh, really yeah. good hair. Yeah. I'm a hair person and I was looking at his hair the whole time. Just going. <laughs> and that was just like unwashed, unstyled. I was just like, that's a thick, nice head of hair. Like, I wish I had that much hair. So, so shiny. And so yeah. Just great hair, Yinky. Good job. Like, good job, Min family. Right? <laughs> like, sway to Jean out. Yeah. <laughs> Jeans I did not get. <laughs> so Megan, talk about your experience besides being an amazing pickup driver for us, oh, yes, which we do need to like thank you for because Megan was the one who came and like got us after we got the wristbands and then brought us down there again after we'd like showered and cleaned up. It was like Uber, Megan Uber this week, <laughs> which was fine. I actually it helped because then I was less nervous getting back. Like I hate when I'm driving and I don't know where I'm going. So it was like really helpful. Like when I actually had to go multiple times, cause I kind of knew where I was going and I kind of, not that I know a lot about the streets of Oakland at this point, but like I was a little bit more comfortable, like, Oh, I need to go there. I need to do this. So yeah. And um, that was cool. I dropped you guys off about what? 345. I want to say um, to get in line for sound check. You guys had to be there by like 4:30. went back to the hotel and Aaron and I didn't get to the stadium till probably like 5.15. We walked around looking for merch. There was no merch. That was fine. Then we got in line. And that line was really long, but that line was really fun because there was lots of army, um, all ages or a lot of kids. Um, And so we met a lot of people. The girls uh, in front of us were from Texas. 
Um, and they were just there that night. Um, the couple behind us, that was their second night as well. So that was really fun. Um, and there was lots of sell selling like shirts and they were selling shicky headbands on the whole bit. So once we finally got in, we were um, in the 200s, which is uh, you go upstairs and then you go upstairs again. But this whole, oh, sorry, I think I'm freezing. Um, but the whole thing, there's not a bad, I feel like there's not a bad seat in the house there mm -hmm. um, because we were in section 217 and um, we got to our seats and uh, I could see everything but over the top. So that night, instead of kind of seeing on, like from the suite, you see him on stage and you see part of the stage. But on night two, I actually saw from above, um, almost like if I felt like it was a little bit closer, um, I probably could see the top of his head. That's kind of how I felt. Um, but it was amazing up there. Um, couple of things the people that we sat with were so much fun um everyone was screaming like yelling having fun singing it was great um I would encourage army at any point in time don't be afraid to get the seats that are in the 200 or 300 because it you're still going to have a great time you're still going to see them the screens help with everything I even had a better view of the screens that night which I thought was really interesting um but one thing I do want to mention is um as great as the seats were, as fun as Aaron and I had just singing and dancing and doing the whole thing, I met an army that came alone. Um, she was sitting next to me and I, there was a seat between us and I asked her if she had come alone and she said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, you're never alone. So if you need anything, let us know. And so that was really fun. Um, just connecting with her. And when the night was over, I asked her if she had a good time and she said, yeah. And she said she would definitely go alone again if she couldn't find someone to go with. So I thought that was really cool just because I know sometimes, especially listeners that we've had, um, especially when these tickets went on sale, talking about, well, I don't have anyone to go with. Um, and we've always really encouraged to go alone. Um, and you're never alone. That's Jim and uh, Hoodie says, you never walk alone. And that's really true when you're with Army. So it was great. It was a great night. Um, I did have some envy. I did have some envy for the really close shots. Tanya's phone is chock full um, mm -hmm. with videos that are just like videos I see on Instagram from people I don't know that were blessed. Um, so you definitely saved a country in your former life at this point. <laughs> um, but knowing what I know now, I'm, I would probably camp out in the future. Like I probably would at least do one night where I would be that close. Um, cause I feel like that's an experience, but I wouldn't, um, take any, it doesn't take anything away from my experience. I had so much fun both nights. Um, and it, like I said, I would encourage anyone, doesn't matter what the seat number is, babe, get your butt in there. Like just get in there and do it because it's worth it every single time. Megan, I have to say you just validated me because I think that the reason you feel so optimistic is because of the beauty bucket. <laughs> I mean, it really is. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I want to do a giveaway of a beauty bucket. <laughs> That's how I feel. Beauty bucket stickers. <laughs> yeah. Like I did going to decorate it and like just put stuff in it and then we're just going to ship it off to somebody. I really feel like that's something that needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, and once you saw it, you're like, okay, I feel like I understand how I can make this work now because a beauty yeah, bucket. I feel like, I mean, I really do. I feel like I really could. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, if they come back in like 26 and are like, look, it's GA, I'm there. I've just, I'll figure it out. We'll get you there, Megan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really thought, I, and I don't know how this would work in Oakland, but I was like, you know, 
my in-laws have an RV and what I should have done was got the RV and then just paid for parking <laughs> and just like said, I'll get a ticket. It's fine. Then we could just have taken turns on the RV, but not on the, <laughs> not on those streets, but maybe other streets, maybe other, maybe other places. But. I think there are other venues where that would be possible, but not this one. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. anybody who's thinking about it in the future. <laughs> All right. So what is a highlight from the floor? going around in a circle, just one. I'm not gonna say the most, just a highlight. He was so happy the second night. I mean, I think mm -hmm. he was in such a good mood and I really felt like that we were feeding off each other, not just him and me. But <laughs> 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 like, I really felt that that sort of exchange of energy, which is like not a term I love, but um, it, it felt like a give and take in a way that, um, I think was partly his mood and not just being on the floor. I think it was the whole, the whole arena was feeling it. Um, but it was, it was amazing being so close to it and just like feeling the, the fireballs and things like that. Like it just, it, the proximity was, it wasn't just like to him, but to the whole production, it was really amazing. And again, I mean, I can't say this enough, but all the people around us were great. They were kind and helpful and people were looking out for each other it was really impressive so that's sort of two things but um it was it was pretty good yeah aside from seeing him up close i think um now i have a big flex in the army community you because do so that night um when he was doing the phone video grab that he does the army that was just in front of us had brought her old Samsung flip phone and brought such joy to Yungi. Um, and he put it even on his Instagram wall. Um, and I gave her batteries for her army bomb. So <laughs> just, you know, that six degrees of separation. So that's my big flex. I can say that I gave the girl who gave Yungi Samsung <laughs> batteries. Flex it. Yeah. yeah. She did yeah. post about the batteries. She showed the batteries in a photo. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I can actually find her on TikTok and connect with her. We were directly uh, behind her, basically. Yeah. Well, like too deep behind her. And if you see, because I, I really think like in any of the footage that they're going to do in the future, I mean, you can see it in like what he shares too. And it became like mm -hmm. an Instagram thing, but she made a really cute, very big, but cute headband um, where she took like all the different members, uh, line friends and made like a headband out of all of them, yeah. like glued them all on. Yeah. So she was just so sweet. And like Lexia said, like everybody around was so sweet and yeah. kind. And like, that's the army that I know and love. Mm -hmm. I, I think for me, yeah, it's similar things. Um, I was just so proud of him and all the members for all their solo efforts, um, which took a lot of bravery for them to do, despite being so um, successful, it still took a lot for them to step out there like that. and the quality that they put out, the way they move people, uh, the way they tell their stories, um, and the way he just, like we talked about before, just laid everything bare on and under the stage uh, was just so impressive and meaningful. And it's something, you know, it's not just a concert, it's, an, it's a, a meaningful healing experience, or at least it was for me and I think for a lot of other people. And so I just am grateful for that. And as you all have mentioned, um, it just, yeah, it gave me a lot of faith in people because everybody around us was so good. And, um, you know, it, it's an army is a massive community. And so of course it's going to have 
problems and some infighting and things like that. But fundamentally, I think everybody's there for the love and um, it's a good, it's a great group of people. It's a great community and uh, I'm just glad to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, well, I would just, I have to give a quick shout out to the band because the band was amazing. Okay. And I want to give a really specific shout out to the keyboard player who first made playing a guitar amazing. <laughs> I did not, I mean, I have new respect, I have a new respect for the guitar. <laughs> but when they got to do their little solo and they were like pounding the keys and using their foot, I was just like, yes, this is amazing. So Wait, that was really fun. real quick on that. I don't know if anybody caught this, but the move he did first where he pointed to the audience, that's actually from School of Rock. That's oh, from yes. the kids that plays the keyboard oh in School yes. of Rock. And when he did that, I screamed so loud because I was like, fuck yes. Like, this is amazing that he like did that reference. So that was super fun. Also, the drummer is fucking hot. So, so yeah. yeah. And so I think that like the shout out I want to give is just because also, I think I just thought I was going to be overwhelmed the whole time and it was overwhelming, but it was fun. And I think that's like really important. Like it was fun. I didn't feel like I was just there with like my brain powered off, like frozen. It just felt yeah. There were times I felt like we were just like vibing all together and that was great. And then I just, the one moment that sticks with me that makes me happy is I love how he does the last last and then does like his walk-off. That's just like, you know, turns around to end the whole concert. He doesn't do as big, like wavy, wavy. I'm going to come back and we need to get like a hook to take you up the stage. He just power walks off the minute he finishes. But in this show, you know, he's finishing out his U.S. leg of the tour. He did like an overhand wave which for him is a lot, this is what I'm saying. Like it's the little things he does end up mattering because he, you know, doesn't do a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And it was just a really, I felt like as U.S. Army, it just felt like we had done a good job by him. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he really felt like we showed up for him and that felt good. Yeah, I would just say that um, like sweet versus where I was in 217. I love the suite. Don't get me wrong. I want to do it like every time. Like now I'm spoiled for that. But there was a certain energy in 217 and his last show. I don't know how. I just don't know how he does it. But the Wednesday night show was better than Tuesday night show. And that's not like, oh, one's better than the other. He did a bad job. He didn't. He was incredible both nights. But the energy level and the participation of the crowd and the whole atmosphere, like the vibe on Wednesday night was so different um, from being in the suite. And probably because we were all in the suite together and I was like with army, like general public army and we just vibed. It was so much fun. I think there's something magical about the last night often mm -hmm. at the end of a, a tour. On the way out, I, we walked by the soundboard and the touring staff, some of the members of the touring staff were there and they were all like high-fiving and shaking mm -hmm. hands and stuff. Like they were so happy with mm -hmm. how it turned out. And that really, that was really heartwarming to mm -hmm. see, you know, the people that we, we don't see or we don't necessarily notice, but being so happy with the job they did and, yeah. and, and how he did. It was great. Yeah, I think that is like the shout out is the styling was amazing. Yes. The dancers were amazing. Oh, the dancers were awesome. Yeah, the stage was creative. So like the person who did the set design did an awesome job. Um, like there were just many, obviously so many people have come together to make the show happen. And so, you know, shout out to all of you because you all did your jobs really well. Yeah, they really do stuff. And yeah, for me, the sweet, the highlight of the sweet night is just the fact that to go to a show 
and be able to have it be more relaxed, more relational. So, I mean, to me, it was about being with our group the first night. I mean, it was still very much like, holy shit, that's Minyungi. And this is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But it felt very much like the tailgating fun and then being there together. Like it's hard to get 14 people. Like you're not going to get seats to have that many people around each other. You know what I mean? And it also just felt like relaxed, like the entrance to get in is simpler, less waiting in lines. So if you're looking for just like more of a friend bonding experience, I think that is a better one, but to like, yeah, be in like, just like the eating frenzy of the energy. It's fun to be out in the seats, just like with fair army. Yeah. The suite, the suite as well. It, it seemed to really depend on the suite. Cause if you looked over to the others, like and some of them people were just sitting and sort of being very casual and just sort of watching. I think we were really engaged. Yeah. I was like a couple of times I thought I might fall off the edge. Yeah. I was <laughs> <laughs> leaning so far over it <laughs> like I was gonna like yeah curl myself you to fly down to yeah <laughs> yeah but there are yeah and the, the other thing too is I had a pang of I mean good for them for being huge and stadiums are awesome great flex more people can get in an arena felt more intimate like Megan said, there's no bad seat. Like, not that they're like, you could just see like enough with your own naked human eyes in like an arena. And then to think 2018, man, they were there. And I had a pang of like, what was I doing? Like right. nothing, yeah. nothing that was like, right. There being yeah. pandemic army, there is like, you know, everybody has like a little, like, Oh, I wish I had been. And I had that too. I was like, Oh, uh, like imagine seven of them there, like oh that close, shit, man! In that small arena, <laughs> yeah, there was no bad seat. Yeah. Um, to the earlier fandoms, blessed. Yes. Blessed yes. Being smarter than I was. Yeah. All right. Well, that that kind of wraps it, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think now for me, what became really clear is starting to pivot to like, what are we going to do as a fandom? Like, well, we have like two other releases to like support because we know we have Taehyung and JK having their solo efforts to come gearing up for more enlistments. And I think this is like a big now, what are we going to do as a fandom to keep having fun during this you know, time to come. Like mm-hmm. I've got my eye more towards like that, like, you know, 2024, like, what are we going to do to keep engaged? Yeah. yeah. One, one thing we decided while we were on the floor after standing for so many hours was we're going to work on our course train. Mm-hmm. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> while we learn Korean and all of our abundance spare time. I also thought, you know, another thing is that army, it's so hard. Our army is so huge that I think it's harder than in the old days we've been discussing to have a real movement take place and to get that mm-hmm. kind of coordination. But I, I just feel like people who can should do their best to try to keep protesting this dynamic pricing because it's going to be, we'll talk about this more in another episode, but it's just going to exclude so many people that yeah. deserve to be there. Yeah. So that's just a note, a, a pin to put in another discussion yeah. for another day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We still want to pay your rent, Jim, and don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to get paid. Yeah. You're getting your money, yeah. but like we can do it in a, probably a way that's going to make it less horrific. Yeah, exactly. So, but ending it on a high note, yeah, you know, DJ, it's a fucking good day. <laughs> yes, very fucking good day. It was two fucking good days, yeah. two in a row. It was amazing. All right, well, Borahe, Borahe, Binky, thirsty, 
and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. <laughs>